Before we get going on today's Lockdown Reds podcast, I wanted to let you know that if you're looking for a great view of league-wide news and what is going on around Major League Baseball, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, has a great daily look on Lockdown MLB. Check that out right after you're done listening to today's podcast. That's Lockdown MLB wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to today's Locked On Reds podcast. It's Wednesday. It is reopening day, and I think the Reds jinxed the weather by putting opening day in there. Yeah, sure, they put re before opening day, but... It is rainy, it is wet, the forecast looks like it's just going to continue this deluge that's happening right now. I'm a little worried about this uh, reopening day game time, if it's going to be pushed back or what's going to happen, but we have a lot to talk about from last night's drubbing. We're going to recap that and look at some concerning stats. Also, I have a few thoughts about position players pitching, we're going to get into that. I have. I also want to do something positive, though, because it feels like we've had a couple of these games where it's very easy to go super negative. So I don't want to do that today. I want to stay at least a little bit positive, and we're going to have a segment of appreciation for Nick Castellanos. I want to get into all of that here on today's podcast. Before we jump into that, though, make sure that you are following the podcast wherever you find podcasts currently. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. The Reds lost uh, what I like to call another just complete ridiculous blowout loss. One of those games that you really question how much you love the game of baseball as a whole if you're a fan of that team that gets killed as much as they did. They lost by two touchdowns, and this isn't football. They lost 17-3, to and it just felt like if anything could go wrong on the pitching side of things, it did. Sonny Gray didn't have that great of a game, although he didn't blow up either. It just took him a ton of pitches to even get to the point where David Bell finally pulled him in the fifth inning, he only pitched four and two-thirds innings, but it wasn't as if he was getting killed. His pitches weren't connecting. I don't know if necessarily something was a little bit off with his delivery or, or what was going on, but he wasn't as sharp in his last start against the Nationals. So, with that being said, he gave up some hits, he gave up some runs, but it wasn't detrimental. The Reds, he did leave with the Reds trailing by a couple of runs, but it wasn't out of reach. And then Heath Hembry got them out of the fifth. But then the bullpen. Oh my gosh. Like, it feels like for every game that we see the bullpen doing something good, there is two or three games where we're shaking our heads. Two or three games where it's just like, holy crap. If the Reds are even in contention this year, the reason that they will fail is this bullpen. You had Amir Garrett again blowing up after a couple of games ago where it felt or a couple of appearances ago where it almost felt like he had things figured out. Where he was back to the confident self that he was. And he always says that he he, he doesn't lose his confidence, and I believe him in that. 
but his performances have been terrible this year. His ERA proves that, although ERA with relievers, I always say this, whether it's really high or really low, you can always look at a couple of factors, and that's not one of them, to really know the sum of a relief pitcher. I I don't look at the ERA for him because it's small sample size of pitching innings. Although, I mean, you just look at the things that he, he gives up lots of hard contact, really concerning amounts of hard contact, and he's a two-pitch guy. So if one of those pitches isn't working, he is remaindered to the other, whether it's the fastball or the slider. And yesterday, it just it wasn't getting uh, together there. Uh, I, I, I don't really know <laughs> where else to go when it comes to talking about CNL Perez. He got the call up because Max Schrock went on the injured list yesterday. This guy, look, he's got all the velocity in the world. It really looks like his pitches have tons of spin and he's got a lot of break to him. It just ain't working. If you have the highest spin rate in the world when it comes to any particular pitch, but you have no idea where it's going, you have no business being on a major league mound. I think that's where we are with CNL Perez. I, I just I do not know what kind of value he brings to the team because we now have a handful of guys. It feels like that when we look at them on the roster, we say those guys only need to be coming into the bull or coming into the game out of the bullpen if it's a blowout. We have way too many of those guys on the roster. And that's why you're seeing all these inflated appearance stats and stuff like that. Whether it be the Reds are ahead by a ton or the Reds are down by a ton, it seems like there's been a lot of those games this year. And because of that, we're getting guys in out of the bullpen and and we're trying to figure out stuff about them, but we just don't know. I know one thing, though. CNL Perez is not a guy who can be counted on. And Heath Hembry, I mean, too, his performance wasn't all that great. I mean, we're looking at a guy who's come down to earth after his first nine appearances looked really good, and he was able to shut out guy shut out opponents in those first nine appearances. Now he's come back down to earth, and I think the Reds need to understand that. And I think they do. I think that you know he came into a four to two game. It's not as if he came in to a high leverage situation, but definitely something that you wanted to see him maintain the score where it was. And he didn't quite do that either. And unfortunately you had Michael Feliz going on the injured list yesterday. He's had a couple of bad appearances, but a couple of really good appearances as well. So he was kind of maybe creating a spot for himself there in the upper echelon of trust when it comes to this bullpen. But here we are again, just looking at a bunch of guys like, all right, this is what, uh, what the front office saddled David Bell with. This is what he's got to work with. You got Lucas Sims, TJ Antone, and (laughs) we'll see how that develops today if they get a game in in this rainy Wednesday reopening day. All right, uh, Alex Blandino and Mike Freeman pitched yesterday too. I didn't want to loop them in with the bullpen pitchers because, well, they're position players. I want to talk about position players pitching here in just a minute. Plus, we've got some Nick Castellanos appreciation to get to because I just 
want to be happy about something today. All right, before we get into all of that, though, today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that deliver the feel and buzz that you're used to, but they do it without tobacco. They have nine flavors and Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food ingredients, all food-grade ingredients, and it's tobacco-free nicotine, which is the purest form. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try Fully Loaded Chew just for $1. That's right. It's only $1. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1.00. And free shipping if you use the promo code locked on at checkout. The next time that you go for some smokeless tobacco, make it fully loaded chew at fullyloadedchew.com and the promo code locked on. Right, so, to begin the show, we recap that just absolute destruction that the Phillies put on the Reds last night in the 17 3 blowout. I wanted to get into the idea of position players pitching here for this next segment because Cowboy made a remark on the radio broadcast last night when Blandino came in. He said, anytime that you've got a position players that has four appearances in the first two months of the season, that ain't good. In fact, it's an interesting parallel because in 2020, the Reds had exactly zero position players pitch in any games. And I know it was only a 60-game season, but we are nearing the mark of 60 games here in 2021. We haven't even gotten to 60 yet. And we've already had four games in which position players have pitched, including two games where multiple position players have pitched. This is not good for baseball. There's novelty and there's goofiness and there's all that stuff. This many games where you have a team bringing in a guy that has no business pitching simply because they don't want to actually get any of their pitchers more work or more hurt or whatever have you is ridiculous. It's something that Major League Baseball needs to look at. I think I know it's a small percentage of games that this happens in, but it's just silly to think that there are people who pay for tickets to get to these games, and there are people who pay for the cable subscriptions, which, by the way, there's like a whole another rigmarole there talking about how it is to even get the cable games, but the fact that people pay for this stuff and they get to a point in the game where the one team has given up so fantastically that they're like, we're just going to put somebody on the mound who can throw the ball toward the plate, and we're going to try and get out of this thing. It's just, oh. Blandino's had four appearances this year. He's been in all four games that a position player has pitched in. What's funny is this is not his first uh, rodeo on the mound. He actually pitched on the mound back in 2018, which is the last season you got to go to to find more, and I know that's not that long, but to find more position players pitching because in 2020, there were zero. In 2019, in all of 2019, there were only three. Jose Peraza pitched in two and Kyle Farmer pitched in one. And then you go back to 2018 
where you've got Brandon Dixon pitching in a pair of games, and then Alex Blandino, Cliff Pennington, shout out if you remember him, and Phil Irvin all pitched in one apiece. And that is not a good parallel to have. We're talking about there is still plenty of time left in this 2021 season for the Reds to surpass 2018. And what is different about the 2018 Reds and the 2021 Reds? Expectations, for one. 2018 was when they were right smack dab in the middle. Yeah, you could kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel a tiny little bit, but they were still right smack dab in the middle of the quote-unquote rebuild. They were still in the middle of the, hey, we're not going to contend right now, but bear with us, we're going to contend here very soon. It's very soon. And we're starting to see numbers that parallel 2021 and 2018, and that is not a good thing. If we are comparing the 2021 Reds to a team that had no business competing in the division, when we think that the 2021 Reds can, that's starting to make me worry a little bit. Now, they could go through the rest of the season not needing a position player, but based on what the bullpen has done... In these first two months, is anybody taking that bet? Is anybody going to really sit here and say, yeah, no, we believe that the Reds will get through the rest of the season and not need to use a positional player on the mound? I'm definitely not. The odds on that, if you were to create a bet on betonline.ag and put some odds on that, it'd be like plus 10,000. Because they might have to use another position player by the end of the week. Who knows? It's it's absolutely phenomenal. But when you look at these games where David Bell has gotten to the point where he believes his team is so fantastically defeated that he is going to send in a position player because he does not want anyone in his bullpen, no matter if they need work or not, no matter if you're looking at a guy who has had a rough season and needs to build confidence by throwing more pitches, or if you're looking at a key reliever who does not need to get hurt, that is how David Bell looks at these games. He's like, I don't want any of that. I don't even want guys to be working on pitches in this environment. I just want this game to be over. So why don't we have something in place for that? You're going to say that this is just an asinine idea. I know that you are. But why doesn't Major League Baseball have a mercy rule? Most of us have tuned out of those games anyway. If you're on, te- if you're watching the game on TV, are you seriously going to sit here and say that you are hearing that Alex Blandino is coming into the ball game? You're going to keep watching? I know it's kind of been a point of sarcasm and some funny stuff whenever we're asking who do you trust outside of Lucas Sims and and TJ Antone in this bullpen, and somebody always comes up with the answer: Alex Blandino. But it's really sad that he has pitched four times already this season. I, I I don't know why on earth this is a thing that needs to continue. It's something that Major League Baseball needs to look at because that is one Major League team announcing that they're not going to compete anymore. They are saying, get this game over with. We're done with it. Do what you will to this guy, but he's going to be on the mound and he's going to finish the game. Which, by the way, that brings up another point. The whole thing with Yermi Mercedes and and, uh, Tony La Russa getting mad at him for swinging at a 3-0 pitch from 
Williams Astudillo. Wow, I know I butchered that. But the guy from the Twins, who was a position player pitching, and it was a 3-0 count, so he tries to lob like a 48-mile-an-hour just fat one over the middle just to try and get a strike, and Mercedes hits it to the you know third deck. And then Tony La Russa, the guy, Yermi Mercedes' manager, was mad at him about that. It's like, look, the other team is waving the white flag, so you can get mad at your own guy if you want for taking that white flag and stepping on it, but this is baseball. This isn't any kind of thing where you got to care about white flags. If the other team is telling you that they're not going to put their best out there, why on earth should you match that and not play your best? I don't understand that. I think baseball needs to... Uh, investigate this and maybe come up with some kind of mercy rule. That's just me. All right. That was a rant. Now let's do some fun stuff. Let's talk about Nick Castellanos and how awesome he is. Before we get into that though, if you're a fan of fantasy sports, I've got a great new way to turn your fandom into some cash. Have you guys heard about sports trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood, but for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your fantasy sports love. Making money with sports trade is as simple as player values rising and falling based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game, which, you know, the more points scored, the higher their value goes. And two, good old supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. I've got a great way for you to get off the bench and get in the game and start making some cash off your sports knowledge today. That's at betonline.ag. They are the number one sports book that I trust with my money when it comes to my sports wagering. And you should too. BetOnline.ag has all the best lines when you're talking about Major League Baseball, the NHL, the NBA as they're heading into their playoff season, or as well as combat sports like UFC and boxing. Check it out today, BetOnline.ag. And when you do, set up your profile with the promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% more on your initial deposit just for typing that in. That's BetOnline. Dot .ag and the promo code locked on to get 50% more on your initial deposit. You can check out the money lines on all the games happening today, the run lines or the point spreads depending on which sport you're looking at, and they've got great prop bets as well. You can hone in on individual players if you think that they're going to have a big game, you can throw some money on that today. That's betonline.ag and when you set up your profile, type in the promo code locked on. All right, let's have some fun. Let's talk about one Nick Castellanos. And I'm not going to mention the contract. I'm not going to mention the, you know, his options or whatever like that. We're just going to have fun with what he's doing right now because right now he's the best player that the Reds have. I was talking about Jesse Winker a couple of days ago and how awesome his season has been. Nick Castellanos has said, 
hold my beer, Jesse, because holy cow, in 48 games, 209 plate appearances, has a 361 batting average, 416 on base, and a 644 slugging. He leads the National League in OPS. He leads all of Major League Baseball with that 361 batting average. And the best part about it, for everybody that loves to harp on the whole idea of, oh, hitters today swing for the fences and hit too many home runs, he's got 12 home runs, which, yeah, that's a decent amount of home runs, but it's not as if that is how he's doing it. He's got a ton of doubles, 16 doubles, and he just puts the ball where opposing fielders aren't. He's got an 18-game hitting streak that is his career-long And that is the longest hitting streak in Major League Baseball this year. In a year where we are talking about how disadvantaged hitters are, Nick Castellanos is absolutely raking. And you can even go to StatCast and and look at some of those numbers there. Like his his exit velocity, average exit velocity of 91.2 is much better than league average. And it's still only in the 78th percentile. But everything else is off the charts, including his expected batting average, which is at 336, which is top, you know, 99th percentile. It's it's awesome. You look at slugging. He's got a 644 slugging. His expected slugging is 603, so he's not even really getting that cheated. And you break it down even further. Nick Castellanos really doesn't have any weaknesses when it comes to pitching types because when you break most guys, you know, they kill the fastball, but they can't hit the curve. Nick Castellanos is still hitting 247 against breaking pitches, and his expected batting average is even higher than that, saying that he's getting a little unlucky. Should be around 279, is what StatCast says. He hits, get this, Nick Castellanos against fastballs in 2021 has a 444 batting average. And is slugging 756. Holy cow. Why on earth would an opposing pitcher throw a fastball to him? Why? If I am the coach on whatever team, whether it's the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Phillies, whoever have you, and Nick Castellanos comes to the plate, I'm saying throw him breaking pitches out of the strike zone, make him chase him, Because do not give this guy anything in the zone. He's going to destroy it. Seven home runs on those fastballs. Just unbelievable. And then even at the off-speed, pitches, okay, well, you know, he's okay with the breaking stuff. He's probably pretty bad against off-speed pitches, right? Wrong. Nick Castellanos has a 393 batting average against off-speed pitches. 393. Not saying he's getting a little lucky. His expecting batting average is only 306. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Nick Castellanos has been probably the best all-around hitter in baseball this season. He and Jesse Winker are right there at the top. He should absolutely be starting the All-Star game here in a little bit. And so long as he stays healthy, I'm going to say this, because I I was reluctant to say it with Jesse. Jesse might still do this, but if Nick Castellanos remains healthy all season, he's going to hit over 300. Without a doubt. I definitely think he can continue this battle for the batting title. 
which is absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be something to watch. Whether the Reds are good or bad, Nick Castellanos is going to be appointment viewing for Reds games. And if you don't believe that, I'd love to hear from you at 513-549-0159 on the Locked On Reds line or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds. But I just feel like Nick Castellanos is on top of the Major League mountain of hitting in a year where people are talking about how there's so many no-hitters and how hitting has just never been this bad, which... You know, it's all cyclical. When you look at baseball history, baseball's been around long enough that we've heard everything. I saw uh, it was shared with me with a couple of friends, a uh, SI cover from 1968 talking about, you know, how to fix the problem of hitting. Back in 1968, this this isn't new. It's just the way baseball goes. But Nick Castellanos is breaking that curve. He always looked at the kid in class that killed the grading curve on a specific test. Like in math class, freaking Jeremy. Anyway, uh, wow, got over that. But Nick Castellanos, when it comes to the idea of hitting, whenever you're talking about all these guys who are hitting at or around 200 or maybe even below 200, and they're just like, yeah, well, look at the rest of the game. Everybody else is kind of down this year. Nick Castellanos is standing over there in the corner just kind of leaning up against the wall, acting all cool like he always does. And he's just like, I ain't got no problems. I'm killing it. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Pitchers can't get me out. And he, and that's probably my favorite thing of a Nick Castellanos at bat. As soon as he steps into the batter's box, he has this look on his face like there is nothing that you're going to throw me that I'm not going to kill. Whatever you throw to the plate if it's your best curveball if it's your best slider if it's your best fastball I'm gonna clobber it I'm Nick Castellanos they call me Blastianos here in Cincinnati because I blast pitchers over the wall and just absolutely kill I love it Nick Castellanos has been so much fun to watch I am going to relish every moment, no matter if the Reds decide to trade him before the deadline because they're out of it and they're terrible, or if he remains a Red for the rest of his career, I'm going to relish every single moment because so far here in 2021, it has been a phenomenal year for him and lots of phenomenal baseball to watch from Nick Castellanos. All right, I I just wanted to... Finish today's podcast on a high note. Oh, we all know that we love Nick Castellanos, and hopefully he just continues this torrid pace that he's on. Hitting 361, that is just ridiculous. 444 against fastballs? Get out of here. It's video game numbers. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's going to do it here for us today on the podcast. Hopefully, reopening day gets off without a hitch. It's uh, pretty nasty weather out there here in Cincinnati. Hopefully you have a great day as well. We're, we'll talk about, we'll wrap up the Philly series on tomorrow's podcast and also talk some Cardinals as well as the Reds head out to St. Louis to play those guys. We'll talk about that all on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.
Allison, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.